supposed to go like right out of the music into the episode. It will sound like that later on. I spelled welcome with two L's on accident. <laughs> well, welcome. All right. Welcome to the Grindhouse Syndicate. I'm your host, a pile of shitty adult diapers, and that's my co-host, a wooden shed. And today we're doing another crazy naked old lady movie. M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit from 2015. We got our second Naked Old Crazy Lady movie. Yes, we do. I, it's I two didn't and what, that. Two or three weeks? Yep. When did we do X? Like two weeks ago? Those naked old ladies are fucking creepy, man. I've noticed those are big hits in horror movies. I actually have that down to talk about. So, like, that, you think about it. What horror movie has had a naked old lady that that wasn't creepy. Like, yep. Do a good X, job with that. The Shining. Oh yeah, The you know, Shining. Like, the Shining does have a naked, uh, creepy old lady in it. Yeah, it's, a, it's always a big hit. It is a big hit. What is fuck? They don't creepy. ever have naked old men. What's up with that? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about being the co-host of Wooden Shed? Uh, I <laughs> guess I'll take it. I'm full of shit. Better be shit diapers. Shitty adult diapers. Yeah. Uh yeah, the intro will make sense in I don't know, fifteen, twenty minutes into the plot here. Uh well first we'll get on to some news. We don't have a lot of news, but we got some news. I'd like to include something to keep you in the know. Uh so the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game just dropped. A couple days ago, actually. And it is for the PC, the PS4, the PS5, uh, all the PSs, and the Xbox. It has an average score of a 6 out of 10. And, get this, Kane Hodder did the motion capture for Leatherface and Grandpa in the game. Nice. Did you know that? I did not know that. I just found that out today. That's I'll check that out. Yeah, I've been kind of keeping track of it because I want to... I want to play it. it. It's real similar to the Friday the 13th game. The difference being uh, instead of in the Friday the 13th, there was just one killer being Jason and uh, like five. Uh, everyone else just played as the people trying to escape. Uh, in this, you play, you know, one person plays uh, Leatherface and then there's two of his family members. So you got like three killers and like four or five victims. I believe there's like three maps, which is like the house, the butcher, the butcher factory, whatever that's called. And then there's like a third map. I can't think of what it is, but um, it's I've been kind of keeping track of it because I want to play it. It's got its bugs. It's got its issues. It just came out. You know, overall, it's it's pretty good. People people are enjoying it. People like it. Yeah, everything has its bugs when they first come out. Now, it's like, yeah, especially anything on like on the internet that relies on the internet. Yeah, it, you know, it's weird thinking back when we were kids. The game came out, and that was the game. That was it. Now it's just, I mean, there's so many bugs when something first comes out that being able to update the game is huge. I'm sure for developers. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to go in in the coming weeks or coming months to kind of work all this stuff out. All the bugs that I heard about it is pretty much internet related. It's all internet stuff. It's, uh, you know, like games suddenly crashing or you 
Um, your character will freeze in a game and then you get kind of booted out from the game, like in the middle of it. Um, just like, just stuff like that. Just, you know, just standard internet shit. It's never get as bad as Warzone. Yeah. <laughs> it will that, not. Yeah. That game's always got problems. But, uh, yeah, I like the whole Kane Otter thing. I think that's super cool. The, so the grandpa in the game, you know, he's the grandpa from the movie. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. They said he, he did the motion capture for the grandpa. And as far as I know, all the scenes of the grandpa. Uh, so one of the objective for the killers is every time they kill one of the other gamers, the victims, they take a little bit of their blood and they run it over to grandpa. Who's just stationary in a chair. He, you know, he's not played by anybody and you uh, give him some of the blood. And as you give grandpa the blood, you're, you're, you as a killer, like you, cause each killer has a, like a special and that special gets stronger. So, you know, that's like an incentive to give him the blood. Um, how that is connected, I don't know, but it's a game. Well, so, I'm glad to hear that somebody's not happened to play Grandpa, because that was my first thought. Like, damn, that sucks just for there? the guy who gets picked to play Grandpa. Well, what did Kane Hodder do for the motion capture? Just sit in a chair? Probably. Yeah. Probably like, he's already here. But I'd take it. Anything Kane Hodder does is, is normally pretty good. I did see, though, that... Uh, so, Kane Hodder actually did play Leatherface in... Um, in the third movie, actually, a long time ago, he was a stunt guy for the third one. So that is, I guess, one of the reasons they kind of picked him to do it. He he had played Leather, Leatherface in real life before. Hmm. Didn't know that. News to me. Uh, another thing was uh, The Nun 2 received its R rating for violence and disturbing slash bloody images. It has released three short TV teaser trailers and it hits theaters September 8th. Coming up quick. Yeah. I know there's a lot of big nun fans out there. Yes. She is uh, very creepy. Very interesting character. Big time for the... What what franchise? Conjuring. She the, Conjuring the Conjuring franchise. Wait, we actually have a, a painting. Yeah. The painting from The Conjuring to the nun hanging up in my living room. Oh. I, I would say she's the most popular from that franchise. Yeah. In my, in my, from what I understand, I'm not like a huge fan of it, but... Um, it seems like if you were to pick one image to represent that franchise, I think it would, I think it would be her. I don't know. The Annabelle is really popular too, though, but I think maybe the nun might be, might be more, might be more popular. Yeah. The, so I guess they take place in the same, like they're the same, the Annabelle's and the Conjuring, but those, I mean, they're also kind of separate. The Conjuring the Annabelle's the conjurings are at least based off of the actual cases whereas the Annabelle's are just made up stories that kind of separates them for me yeah so uh we did go and finally see talk to me uh we won't get into a lot of it because we want to do something separate for it but we will say great movie phenomenal movie one of my favorite movies I think is uh for this year Go see it. Yes, absolutely. Definitely go I see it. That. That, that was a, a fantastic movie. Uh, I will say a little bit of news with that movie was, I guess the movie got banned in uh, Kuwait. 
I guess one of the actors in the movie in real life is a trans person. We've seen the movie. Them being trans is not part of the movie. It's not part of the plot. Uh, but I guess they're trans in real life. And the government of Kuwait did not want to promote that. So they banned the whole entire movie for the whole entire country. That's <laughs> okay. insane. That so, was like actual like and their government actually sat down and that was a whole thing. Yeah, it's not in the movie. It's not in the movie at all. So, you know, this actor did comment on it, uh, I think today or yesterday. And they were like, well, you know, it's not even part of the movie. So we didn't think it would be a big deal. I would agree. It's not even in the plot. It's not mentioned. It's not even said one time in the movie. And uh, sorry for the people of Kuwait. Yeah. You'll have to, um, I guess, I guess you'll have to, you know, get on one of those illegal sites and watch it or something. Yeah, that sucks. It does suck. Sucks. It's a good movie, though. Um, I actually can't wait for that movie. I know we're going to do a short episode on it, but I can't wait for that one to come out and do actually a full episode on it. They have already released a steelbook set for it, and it is $109, and it comes with the actual hand. Okay, well, that makes the hundred nine a, a little more worth it. It's pretty Depends cool. Depends on how I have to see a review on it, though. Is it like shitty plastic? Nope, it's a big, big book. It comes with like three or four discs. It comes with the actual hand. I mean, the hand is the hand like shitty plastic or? Um, I yeah, I don't know. It's a big hand. It's, that's that's much better than the uh, Terrifier two steel book that they got me on that I ordered. Because uh, most of the steel books have like really cool artwork, and then I got Terrifier two in, and it was just the same exact artwork. This printed. hand, this hand that comes with this is molded from the um, hand from the movie. It comes blank. It doesn't have anything written on it. It comes a little marker for you to kind of write. It says for you, I guess what's written on the hand is a bunch of like uh, victims' names. From which I didn't really catch in the movie, but yeah, it's for you to kind of write your own friends and family's names all over the hand. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it's like a whole, it's a whole entire set. You know, it's not just the movies. It's like a bunch of shit from the movie. But yeah, I think there's only like 5,000 of them made and they just kind of released it to purchase or pre-order or something like that. But I thought that was real cool. Yeah, that is real cool. But um, let's talk about the visit. So I hadn't seen the visit since I, I think I bought it when it first came out. I want to say, I think I, I think I seen it like 2016. Like I didn't see it in theaters. I know that I went and got it on DVD because I'd heard, you know, he had made a pretty good movie and he had some not good movies before that. And I heard it was pretty good. So I went out and I got it on DVD and I think this was 2016, if I remember right. And I hadn't really watched it since. And uh, I had actually forgot that it was a found footage movie. Oh, uh, that's the first thing I have in my head. <laughs> I had, I watched it four years ago. And it, for some reason, when I think back on it, it just... So I know that there was some found footage in it, but I forgot like it's a, it, the whole thing. It's a, actually a found footage movie. Yeah, if somebody would have, uh, you know, I don't know, quizzed me or something and said, you know, did, did M. Night ever make a found footage movie? I'd have said, nope. Uh-huh. I got that wrong. And I have it. I own it. 
Yeah, when I think of found footage movies, it's just not one that comes to mind. It will now, but it, it just wasn't one that, that would have came to mind. Yeah, totally just, I don't know, man. I just based on it being a found footage movie. It's, I I don't know. I don't know why I don't remember that it's a found footage movie. Yeah, yeah first thing on the notes. Um, I just don't know why I don't remember. It doesn't have that found footage feel feel that a lot of those movies have though i don't know what it is i can't really pinpoint it yeah i agree i think maybe i'm gonna take a guess and think maybe that is because in this movie you have two characters and they both have cameras so we're there are times in this movie where we're getting two different because they'll be in two separate places doing two separate things experiencing you know two separate events and we're getting those cameras from, and that's that normally of a found footage movie. Found footage mo- movie is normally kind of the same person behind the camera with the same people in front of the camera and continuous. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might be that the first half of this movie has a lot of uh, not so serious moments too. It just doesn't like, feel like a found footage horror that you would normally think of that would come to mind. But there is some moments that are really, like there's there's a specific moment we'll get into in the plot that was uh, 100% uh, paranormal activity vibes. I mean, it's definitely a found footage movie. It just for some reason, just, I don't know. It has a slightly different vibe than, you know, every other found footage movie I've seen. I think the, the last quarter of it is definitely feels like a found footage movie. Uh, the first three quarters, two thirds, something like that. Maybe not so much. But yeah, so The Visit is an American found footage horror film written, co-produced, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and it is starring Olivia Delange, Ed Oxenbold, Dina Dunnigan, and Peter McRobbie. Uh, So the film centers around two young siblings, teenage girl Becca and her younger brother Tyler, who go to stay for a week with their estranged grandparents. During their stay, the siblings notice that their grandparents behaving bizarrely, and they set out to find the truth behind the strange circumstances at the family farm. This movie was released on September 11, 2015 by Universal Pictures. It had a $5 million budget, and it grossed $98.5 million worldwide made $25.4 million on its opening weekend, and it received mixed to positive reviews from critics. That's a good return. Yeah. I'll take it. I know I probably Almost say that every week that you go for what they made, but that's that's pretty good. I wouldn't have thought it made that much. Yeah, it turned $5 million into almost $100 million. That's a big, that's a big deal. And uh, so... After his previous two films failed, Shyamalan funded the visit by borrowing the $5 million against his own home. Filming began on February 19, 2014 under the original title, Sundowning. So yeah, he uh, funded the movie himself. Turned around and it made almost $100 million. Yeah, I've seen him and uh, Jason Blum were the, were the main producers on it. Yeah, so I didn't really include a whole lot of that stuff in there, but Jason Blum came in way later. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan actually did this movie by himself. 
And then once he made the movie, he shopped it around and like nobody wanted it. He actually kind of freaked out that he was going to lose the five million because he couldn't get anybody to get it. He did multiple cuts of this movie trying to get, you know, maybe a different cut somebody would want. He actually even wrote down, he kept track of all the like executives that turned him down. I wonder if Blumhouse were the ones who primarily did distribution on it since they didn't have a whole lot in the actual actual producing of the movie. I wonder if they did distribution for it. Yeah, I can't I can't quite remember, but I do know that you know he primarily did he pretty much did it himself. Like even the normal people that had worked on had been working with him through like all of his films, he didn't really use any of those people. He he pretty much stated that he wanted this to be a real small thing and he wanted this to kind of be like a start over for him because he had gotten so used to getting these big budget movies, these big budget actors, and he would just sell these movies like these um these movie companies were just shelling out money to him and then all of a sudden they just weren't doing well and uh he wanted to just do something completely different. So well, good for him. Yeah. Hey, he he succeeded uh, for $5 million. This is uh, a great movie for well, $5 million. We'll talk about later on at the end, we'll talk about why he did that. Because some people have a much different, there's like a much different idea of why he did this. And we'll, we'll talk about later on, ex- like his actual reason of why he did this. Because it's not, it's not what everyone thinks it is. Does everybody think he was just going broke? Yep. Yep, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, he was a failure, and he went from making, you know, these huge, big budget movies. They had failed, and essentially everyone was like, well, no one would fund him anymore, and he had to basically borrow this $5 million against his house and fund the movie himself, and he just basically, this was his his last shot, and that's not at all what happened, but we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, so ratings, Rotten Tomato gave us a 68%. IMDb gave it a 6.2 out of 10. And Letterboxd gave it a 3 out of 5 stars. It was alright. It ain't bad. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of think it's a, the, a little sit, low for me. I, I, all those sit pretty well with me. That's, that's a little, little insight into what's come later then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you want to jump into the plot? Yeah, let's go, do it. Go into it. All right, so uh, my very first note was before I even started the movie, which has never happened to me before. Never wrote anything before I even hit play. This has actually happened before I even put the movie in. So the cover of the movie is hilarious. It says, What Jaws did for sharks and Psycho did for showers. The visit will do for grandparents. Was that from a critic? N- no, it's just on. It's a sticker or something on the fucking cover. It's not in here. Huh. Yeah. Go look, after this episode. Go look at it. And I'm like, uh, so y- you're going to this is going to make everyone scared of their grandparents. <laughs> I'm like, well, if you never met your grandparents, who the, it might. <laughs> who the fuck approved that? 
Yeah, if you're going to uh, spend time with your grandparents that you've never seen or met, do not watch this movie the night before. This very unique situation that rarely happens to anybody. This movie will freak you out. It rarely happens to anybody, but it has happened to somebody. Just thought this, that was just so weird to put on the cover. Yeah, I know how uh, some movies put like critiques and critics uh, whenever they get like good, good yeah, ratings. Yeah, it wasn't a quote. Yeah, that's weird. I would have for it yeah, not to be a quote. I would have put it down if it somebody had, you know, put it as a quote. No, this is, this is just like a statement that they put along with the movie. Yeah, it's printed on the cover. From what I remember, outside of that, I don't remember that, but it, I, I, I do like the cover. The aesthetic, cool, yeah. the aesthetic of the cover looks really cool. Yep. I bet you that this is on the movie poster. I bet you the movie poster says this. Yeah, they. I hope not. I bet you it does. Nobody probably ever reads that. Because they only have five it's, million. It's next to like the rocking chair. They they only have five million. They couldn't they couldn't pay for a really good quote. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> well, th- that's one thing about this movie is is the first half three quarters does have a, a very comedic feel oh. with some creepy parts. Oh, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're uh, going to talk about that. And that that's that's not not my favorite part of the movie. That's for sure. We'll just we'll, we'll just say that. Well, that comes into play a little later. But anyway, so the plot of this movie so the movie starts off with uh, Loretta Jameson giving a documentary style interview about how she fell in love with her English teacher after high school. And they wanted to run off and get married. And her parents strongly disagreed with this decision, which yeah, no shit. That's kind of weird. Uh, doesn't really say if they were ever like fooling around while she was in high school, but I would assume probably were. Yeah. There was some illegal shit happening there. Yeah. I think there's more of the story than what's said, but, but anyway, so this this uh, ends up leading to a big fight between her and her parents, to which Loretta refuses to disclose the details of what occurred that day. And this ultimately leads to her and her parents never speaking again. Uh, I believe she says it's 15 years. They haven't spoken. And Loretta explains that uh, her and this teacher had two children together, and they were married for 10 years. And then suddenly he meets someone else, and he leaves her and the children behind, and uh, severs all contact with all three of them. And uh, so very recently, Loretta's parents reached out to her via the internet and asked if they could meet their grandchildren and uh, have them stay a week at the family farm where uh, Loretta grew up. And uh, she originally doesn't like this idea, but the children pretty much tell her that they're going to go anyway. They're going to they're going to do it. They're going to they're going to I guess they're going to run away and really stay. But she doesn't want to let him go, and uh, she ends up having to let him go anyway. So she decides to she she does do some background check though on her parents and sees that they're like counselors, and you know they got their shit together, and they still live where you know she grew up. And she, I guess she feels uh, fairly safe letting them go, and um, you know she's she's up for it. She's uh, like, this is going to be a perfect time for me to take a cruise. Yeah, 
Yeah. She's got her new boyfriend too. So they're going to take a cruise together. But um, Loretta's daughter, Becca, she is making a documentary on the whole situation. And she thinks that she can kind of mend the relationship between her and her uh, Loretta, her mom and uh, her grandparents, her, her mother's parents. So the two kids, they board a train and they head off to meet their grandparents for the first time ever. And while on the train, we are introduced to T Diamond Stylist. God damn it, I hate T this kid. T Diamond Stylist. You know, like I'm I'm I may mess up uh and call him T Diamond Styles because when I was typing this, the computer kept auto-correcting it to Styles because I agree Stylist is like a uh title maybe, not a name. But um, yeah, T Diamond Stylist. I turned the captions on and read it to make sure that that is what they were saying. That is his name, T Diamond Stylist. And that is Tyler's rap persona. Yeah. And we get a little taste of his rap while we're on the train. The worst, by far the worst part of this movie. All the women love him. That I is what he raps about. I will reference this probably a couple times, but I fucking hate this kid. This is where a majority of the the comedy that I feel like is not needed that bring the rating down come from this kid, but just the character. I just fucking hate it. It's it is it is so cringy. It's very cringy. That I like my eyes almost water watching it. It's so fucking cringy. Yeah, not a great part of the movie, and it and it pops back up uh, quite a few times in, in here. But this is this is our first taste of T Diamond Styles, Sty- stylist T Diamond stylist. I'm gonna I'm Who gonna fuck fucking this up. Cares? <laughs> but anyways, so Becca and T Diamond they meet their grandparents at the train station, and uh, they they will refer to them, and we will refer to them through the rest of this as Nana and Pop Pop. Yeah, I went back and forth. I just, I just went with grandma and grandpa for half my notes, uh, and then I'm like, nobody's gonna get that. Well, they're Nana and Pop, typing it so. out. Those real was way shorter than grandma and grandpa's. So <laughs> well, I, I just put G Pa. Uh, well. <laughs> so, um, they all head to the farm, and they become a little more acquainted with each other. Where Becca pretty much tells him about her documentary, and T Diamond raps about receiving a lot of sexual attention from women and pineapple up- upside down cake. Yeah, yeah. This is they they tell him to rap. He's like, pick anything I'll rap about. And they pick pineapple upside down cake, and he raps about women, women the entire time. This kid's like fucking 10, He's 12, 13. Yeah, oh, well. According to the plot. Close enough. Yeah, it's like 13. He just met his grandparents for the first time in his life. And he's doing a rap about women and stuff that 13-year-olds clearly aren't doing. And then they he it's they wanted to rap about pineapple upside down cake. And it is the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. And he just ends it with the word pineapple upside down cake. And it didn't even make sense. I'm going to end my rant there. This this kid sucks. I mean, he sucks. Yeah, so he gets a fist bump from Pop-Pop, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know. I was too busy thinking about how much I want to kick this Mm. kid's face in. Well, anyway, so uh, later on, (laughs) Pop-Pop informs them that uh, they're old and they go to bed at 9.30. And uh, 
hey, by the way, don't leave the room after 930 and stay out of the basement because there's a mold problem down there. So we have we have hit our first red flag. Yep. Anytime someone says, hey, don't leave your room after this time and don't go into this whole entire section of the house. You should be worried. Yeah, so far they seem like typical old people. So the 930 thing, not really surprising. Like old school, their generation and their old people. But yeah, I did take note of the basement. Like anytime somebody tells you to stay out of the basement or to stay out of a certain room you remember- for some stupid excuse, you should you should probably... You should probably have your guard up. I don't know. You remember when we were kids, though? We had a certain family member we would visit every now and then. They'd tell us not to go into the The, basement. The basement monster. That's what it was? was, Yeah, it was the basement monster. I was was, was a good bit. I was younger than you. The reality was uh, they were like, you don't live here, and we don't want you fucking with our stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, I I was probably, like, four and five then and i was petrified of the basement monster I, they even somebody went down there and even pretended to be a basement I started banging on stuff one time i i don't maybe they were hiding bodies well the difference was they weren't like hey there's some mold don't go down there they were like there's some shit that'll kill you down there yeah yeah so this is different but uh the two discover that there is no cell signal on the farm but they do have internet access in the kitchen via an ethernet cable <laughs> that they can connect to the laptop man those oh. new ethernet cables wow. they got uh what a time 2015 and the only connection in the outside world you have is probably a just a regular telephone and a very long ethernet cable in the kitchen and these old people probably thought they had the the, the new shit yeah they were like, we just got those Ethernet cables last year. Yeah. So uh, they video chat with uh, Loretta and assure her that everything's going great and that she should enjoy her cruise vacation with her boyfriend. And I just want to point out that Skype in 2015 or in 2023 has never fucking looked or worked that good ever. Absolutely not. Not even a like almost like a YouTube video doesn't even play that damn smooth. Like that thing was perfect. It was perfect. They must have the good Ethernet. Uh, I guess. But yeah, all the Skype scenes, I'm like, yeah, get out of here, man. Like you could you guys could have made that a little bit more realistic. At least made it like kind of shitty. Five million dollar budget, man. They didn't have the money to go in and, and make it look shitty. Yeah, Skype must have paid him. Like, don't make our stuff look bad. <laughs> but later that night, Becca gets hungry for some uh, homemade cookies. And she decides to break the uh, coming out of the room rule. And she starts to venture down the stairs into the dark. And this is where we see Nana sleepwalking while par- projectile vomiting. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck is this? Like, it's if so I've seen creepy. this, I would be like, we need to call 911. It oh, is, it is, man. I, I like I, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I will give it to him. And that's one thing that's going to be a reoccurring theme in this movie that makes it really good is the creepy scenes are, are creepy. Fantastic. Are and that's creepy. what makes this movie what it is for me. This was the first one that was really like, holy shit. Like, you're looking down a stairwell in the dark. And you got this old lady you just met in a nightgown, just projectile vomiting. 
over and over again. Yeah, because I didn't really remember a whole lot from this movie. Um, you know, I feel like I just remembered her just kind of like walking around being weird or banging on the walls or something. And then when I seen her down there and just start like, you know, spewing, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is, this is great. I like where this is going. But the next morning, Becca asked Pop Pop about the incident, and he kind of shrugs it off as a uh, 24-hour stomach bug. She just gets sick sometimes. Yep. That was his exact quote. Uh-huh. But later on in the day, the kids decide to play a game of uh, hide-and-seek underneath the house like their mom used to do. So, this is funny. When they go to start the game, Becca calls Tyler her ethnic, ethnically confused friend. Did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Fucking hilarious. That's funny. I was like, oh, so white people can't like rap. White people can't do rap music. That was saying. Well, if you based it off of him, no, they can't. He shouldn't. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean definitely should not. (laughs) Who? My question is, who the fuck plays hide and go seek under a house? Like, well, you can't stand up, so I think that would suck. But whatever. Yeah, that that would be terrible. So Nana surprises them by joining uh, joining the game unannounced and being <laughs> creepy as fuck. That's all I wrote about it. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, there's, creepy as fuck. There is. I mean, creepy as in the daylight. Creepy as fuck. That's yeah, hard to do. Yeah, they're under the house and she's like uh, chasing Becca, and you see a uh, unfocused shot of her crawling behind her. Of Nana crawling behind her. I thought that was, as far as the cinematography goes, that was a fantastic shot. Uh, her unfocused in the background crawling. Yeah, because they don't, you know, they don't really know that she's she's down there with them at first, and uh, they're they're, you know, they're they're kind of like listening for each other and looking out for each other, and she's got this like creepy. Uh, silent spider crawly shit going on and she's just like and then she'll do this uh, crazy like witch laugh thing behind them oh man it's good I would be it's good I would be absolutely petrified yeah it's good stuff and then and then we get the the first glimpse of uh, Nana's ass cheek oh yeah when she comes out her like dress is ripped in the back and she's like not even aware somehow not aware of it (laughs) yeah yeah she does all this creepy stuff and then just pops up and she's like i'm going to bake a pot pie and then turns around and walks in with her ass cheek hanging out yeah and the kids are kind of like well i don't know is this weird or is this not weird we don't really know because we don't really know these people no that's weird any grandparents that yeah, as a cr- kid, that crawl and laugh like that i guess as a kid you don't know that though like you don't really know people Oh, I haven't been alive that long. If at 13, I was under the house and grandma started spider crawling at me, laughing like that, I would be like, something is terribly wrong here. Yeah, so um, after this, uh, there's kind of a middle-aged man. He kind of stops by the house and he's looking for Nana and Pop Pop. He claims to work at the hospital they volunteer at and uh, they haven't shown up in a few days. And he kind of has some big news that he wants to tell him about that happened at the hospital. And he said he'll stop by again another time. And uh, he, you know, he heads out. I guess they, you know, they're, I don't remember why they weren't there. 
They weren't there they, at that they, time. They were walking. They were taking a walk or something. Well, there's another time, you know, later on, somebody else stops by and they're taking a walk then too. So yeah, they do walk. Some people they, come by yeah. apparently, but this ends up it's kind of a it's kind of a hint. Yeah, it for is. Things to be. That's why I included it. It's a little bit of a hint. Yeah, but. yeah. This is one of the the couple that are. Um, and this movie does so great at making these really subtle. Mm. But yeah, so. Uh, during the past few days, uh, Tyler has been noticing Pop Pop making short trips to this small shed on the property, and he decides to uh, take the extra camera and sneak into the shed and see what Pop Pop is keeping in there. And uh, a few minutes after Pop Pop leaves the shed, Tyler goes inside, and what he is anticipating is seeing a dead body. I think he says that. He's looking for something, something creepy. Think something's up in there. He should have checked the basement. And instead, he finds a very big pile of adult shitty diapers. The is <laughs> a very yeah, big a pile. very big pile is an understatement. Like, like when I seen that, it was like pile. the amount of flies that would have been in that pile of shitty diapers. In- he walks in, he's like, "It smells like ass in here," and then turns. And I mean, it's literally the, I, I mean, I, I would say the biggest pile of shitty diapers you've ever seen. <laughs> well, he holds that one up and there's like a lot of shit in that one diaper. It is a full on shit. I mean, I don't know. I think that's like three full on shits. That was probably the front and back of that diaper is covered in shit. It's probably a good 150, 200 pounds of just shit diapers. Anybody who's had kids knows how heavy those diapers get. You're talking about for adult and adults. It was it was really fucking weird, man. I mean, it's a it's a big pile. That's all I gotta really say about it. It's a big fucking pile of shit diapers, and obviously, adult diapers are bigger than child diapers. So it's just a lot. It's a lot. He freaks out. He, he runs out. Uh, Nana kind of catches him out there. But she explains to him that Pop-Pop shits himself. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't say shit himself, but essentially he has, he has what he accidents does. And he hides them in the shed. Yeah, he's embarrassed about it, and he hides them in the shed. And uh, what she guesses is he burns them in the field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... You know, uh, he's for, not the, an environmentalist, for the circumstances, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's the best thing you could come up with because, yeah, uh, Pop, I mean, shits himself. Yeah. yeah, he just has accidents and he tries to hide him in the shed. I guess that in that situation, I'd be like, okay, that kind of makes sense. That's still really, really weird. Well, they do a really good job of kind of bullshitting these two for for quite some time. They do. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You know, well, you spend this whole movie really like, or the first half of it, first you half, know, thinking just getting bullshitted. Are they just some some old people who are just getting old and have have some some old people shit going on, like yeah. shitting yourself? Yeah. So, uh, you know, later that night, Becca and Tyler both hear some scratching sounds out in the hallway, and it's it's after nine thirty. Keep in mind, it's after nine thirty. And they get freaked out and decide to open the door to see what it is. Tyler opens the door to find Nana naked in the hallway, scratching at the wall. Yes. 
Also, another Butt one of those naked. really creepy fucking scenes. Oh, man. Like, she's her oh. versus Pearl. Naked grandma fight. Telling you, Pearl it's, it's always a hit. Like Pearl's the, fucking vicious. I did think about X, but uh, X was a little different because there's old people sex. But just any naked old women is just... Old people disturbing. in general. I won't just say disturbing. just women. I don't want to be sexist. Any naked old people, period. It's it's really fucked up. Then that scene before that too, uh there's another really weird scene at the school where he attacks that guy. That's kind of like a foreshadowing of some some mental illness and some paranoia. Yeah, they go out into the town and he claims that some random guy is following them and he just kind of well it's crazy he's he them. like beats this young guy's ass though like i mean he 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 throws him to the ground he's like you're gonna tell people i shit myself <laughs> <laughs> he knows he knows what i've been keeping so, in that shed somebody was in my shed somebody i know was it in my shed and it was that son of a bitch right there i know it but the next day becca asked pop pop about the situation and he decides to tell her the truth well he says he's going to tell her the truth. He tells her that uh, Nana has a syndrome called sundowning, which causes her to have a severe form of dementia kick in at nighttime. And uh, pretty much once nine, once it's past 930, she loses her fucking mind, I guess is a better way to explain it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, but while he's explaining this to her, <laughs> Becca realizes that uh, Pop-Pop, is having problems with his mind as well, and he may be suffering with some form of a mental issue as well. And he's like dressing he's for getting, this party. He's getting dressed for like a uh, like a dinner party. Yeah, in the, the middle time. of the afternoon. And he's like realizes what he's doing, and it's like yeah, it's at this point in the movie where you're like, okay, they're they're this, fucked up. They, yeah, there's there's some more than just regular old people stuff going on here. This at this point in the movie, the first time I watched it, I. I definitely didn't expect, you know, what ends up happening. But at this point, I'm thinking, okay, well, they're crazy. Like they're kind of some. They're they've lost their mind, and they are gonna eventually try to like kill these kids. I just didn't expect it that like twist at the very end. Yeah, the, why yeah. they actually tried to kill these kids, but. Yeah, the ending is it's fantastic in this movie, but yeah, the first time you watch it, um, they do a really good job of of leaving subtle hints. I, you think, you know, this is this is their mom's parents who you've never met. She has a bad relationship with them. Uh, I mean, a lot could happen in fifteen years. You know, you don't you don't know if those are good or bad people, but it's very clear that they have some. Good or bad, they have some serious mental issues at this point in the movie. Yeah, one great thing is, I think I told you last night, like after I finished the movie, was I I obviously remembered this twist ending for this movie, but there was like this really important part of that plot that I had completely forgotten. And when I watched it last night, I was like, oh shit, I... That's that part of it surprised me as well, and we you know we'll get to that here in a little bit. But I had totally 
I don't know if I missed it the first time I watched it or if I just didn't remember it. But yeah, it's really. I'm pretty sure. So the same exact thing happened to me. Mm. So when we get there, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same thing. Probably the same thing. But I even went back and watched a couple scenes. Yeah, it's it's verified. But it makes the story even more interesting. But yeah, so. uh, So yeah, Becca tries to get Nana to do an interview for her documentary. But she refuses at first, instead asking Becca to climb inside the oven to clean it, which is weird. And uh, she does this. It excites Nana. Like, she gets in this apparently very big oven. Like, you gotta have a big fucking this is oven. the biggest fucking oven. To get a whole entire person inside of it and close the fucking door. But yeah, This is like an oven you would see in like a big-ass restaurant, I would imagine. It's the biggest oven I and mean, what is she like 15, 16 years old? 15, and she climbs yeah. all the way inside with it seems oven. like some room to spare. Yeah, and I, I don't remember if it's this or late on in the movie, but this is one thing I do remember when this movie was coming out. Uh, this was a major part of the previews that they showed. Was I think it's this one her trying to convince her to get an oven at this point, based off the previews, you know, they're. They're up to no good at this point. Now I I remember that scene sticking with me. Uh, it's like which a real is what Hansel made me Gretel thing. Yeah, was, which which made me really want to go watch this movie. But yeah, for some reason this gets her real excited. Uh, don't really know why, but she's like after this, she's like, yeah, I'll do the interview. So uh, she goes to do the interview, but pretty much at the beginning of the interview, uh, she tries to ask her kind of what happened with her and her mom. And uh, this causes her to have this mental breakdown and uh, she freaks out and and they have to kind of give up on the interview. What's up? What's up with this really weird shot of her smoking right before that? Oh, yeah. It looks kind of sexual. Yeah, it looks like like she's smoking a cigarette like she's about to get some pipe laid on Well, I thought Pop Pop had the camera. Yeah. Like, and he was like, maybe he was holding the camera walking up to her. And I was like, I'm glad that. Oh, this is fucking weird. And then when she starts talking to her and you realize it's Becca with the camera, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm <laughs> not the only one that totally the, the that. sexual. T- yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because I, you know, I wanted to know what you thought about that because it seemed very sexual to me too. It's like this old lady's like smoking a cigarette, like she's about to get some pipe laid or something, or they just had sex or something, and don't get it. it it's just a really like random scene that, that doesn't count for anything it's very out of place uh just a strange strange strange, thing but then we jump to uh kind of tyler and becca they're interviewing each other outside for the documentary and this is where we learn that they both have uh very uh, opposing opinions on their fathers abandoning them and tyler's view is more optimistic and becca's is definitely more negative Tyler tells the story about how he uh, was playing, you know, football as a child and he uh, kind of just froze up when he, he like freezes up when he gets afraid. And uh, his dad was kind of the only one that didn't never really judged him about this incident where he kind of froze up. And this story kind of comes into play later on. It's not really understood why he's telling this story at the time. You know, Becca kind of talks about how it negatively affects her, and you see it really, you know, 
fucks up her self-esteem and yeah um and he, he ends up saying some some really sh- fucked up stuff too I, don't, I didn't really get that either why he like breaks his sister down when it's his turn but the scene before this is another really creepy scene I, i'm bringing it up because this is the one i referenced that had that paranormal activity feel so it's when they hide the camera downstairs so they can see what what she's doing at night oh i, I didn't and, think we had, well, i didn't think we'd gotten there yet did we yeah, yes yeah, right it's right before the scene where they interview each other um, so I assume you're about to hit that, but I'll just comment on it. And it's a super creepy scene, but the, the initial where she's walking and she starts like slamming the door. It is very, very, very par- paranormal activity. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I see it's, it. It's, it's coming up. Literally feels like it is a shot straight out of paranormal activity. It definitely a strong found footage feel on that one. And a super creepy scene. Yeah, so the next morning, uh, Becca interviews Pop Pop for the documentary. And this is where he starts to tell her about how he had a really good job at a factory. But he was eventually fired because he kept seeing a white figure with yellow eyes that followed him around. He would tell others about it, but no one else could see it. And he has seen it recently at the farm. And he tells Becca that soon she will be able to see it too. And that's not a good sign. Definitely uh, some not this is some not good like schizophrenia shit. That's what I would be thinking. I'm like, this fucking dude is going to kill us all in our sleep. That's what I would think. Yeah, this this is is not good. This is the point where you should have been like, all right, we need to get out of here. Yeah, there's some serious shit obviously going on with Nana, like turning fucking crazy at night. And then you got somebody who basically tells you like he's seeing dead people and you're going to be able to see it soon, too. Well, by um, by by this age, when I was her age, I had already read the Amityville Horror where, you know, the original guy had murdered mm-hmm. his whole family because of the like the pig with the red eyes told him to do it or what. And then, yeah, as soon as I would have heard that at her age, I'd have been like, nope, getting the fuck out of here. Like, I already know what's going to happen. But yeah, so Tyler wants to set up a a camera in the living room to record throughout the night. But Becca believes that this is uh, unethical. And she thinks that her grandparents are just experiencing signs of early onset schizophrenia. We also get a short scene of a character named Stacy. She's coming over to thank Nana and Pop Pop for their help at a... She's in like a rehab hospital. And they volunteer there and they kind of helped her out and... She just stops by to kind of talk to them about some big news at the hospital, something that had happened, and she's got a blueberry cobbler. But Becca informs her that they just went on another walk. Good timing. And Stacy says she'll come back another time. Nana informs the kids that she accidentally spilled some batter on Becca's laptop camera, and she tried to clean it with some cooking spray. Which makes no sense, which is essentially it's oven cleaner. Or something. It was an oven cleaner, yeah. yeah, something like that. A slick move, pretty much, yeah. Just some kind of like greasy type stuff, but um, it ends up leaving the kids with audio but no video on their laptop. So whenever they Skype their their mom, uh, the mom can't see, and then you know that makes sense later on, later on in the story. So I guess they could kind of call her on the computer, but they can't can't see 
they can see her. She can't see them. Yeah. And at this point in the movie, like when it happens, you're like, no, that's kind of weird. But you don't realize the first time watching it that it was it's deliberate. So it really ends up being very slick. You find yeah. out later on why. Well, so when I was rewatching it, when I was originally writing the notes, I didn't catch this the first time. But on the sec, the like the the very second day, the morning of the second day, they're there. Like they get there the first day, and then they go to sleep that night. That's the night she throws up, and then the very next morning, the first morning, they're there. There's a scene where Becca comes downstairs, and um, Tyler's sitting there talking to Nana with the laptop in front of him. And this is where he's explaining to her where the camera is on the laptop. And this is where he's telling her about his, his stupid ass YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And he's like Tyler, the creator. She, them being old people had no fucking idea that this laptop had a camera on it. Until his dumb ass told her that. And that this, the very next day is when she, the next morning is when she was like, oh, we got to fuck that camera up. Or we're eventually going to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that either. I didn't catch that until I rewatched it. um, That's interesting. I wrote these notes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally just didn't even, didn't even, that just scene just flew right over me the first couple of times I watched this movie. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause they, Mm -hmm. they, they probably didn't even know laptops had cameras. Uh, no, you can tell by point. the look on her face yeah. that she's like, wait, what? This has a camera. Yeah, yeah definitely I interesting. I didn't catch that. That's a, that. That is interesting. But yeah, so that night uh, at 1016, they start hearing noises. They're kind of on guard now. So they're like, as soon as they hear noises, they look at the clock. They got the camera ready. So it's 1016. They start hearing noises outside their door and they decide to investigate it. And I just want to point out that T Diamond stylist wears PJ sets to bed. And that and, and all the ladies love it. All the ladies love According pajama sets. Him. Yeah. They like them pajama sets. Get you a, Nothing a nice, sexier than a pajama set from yeah, Target. Have to bust out the old Power Rangers pajama yeah. set. It blows minds, yeah. apparently. So Becca opens the door and sees Nana running past with both arms behind her back, (laughs) rushing past them in both directions. Uh, And then suddenly quickly crawling towards them. And then they, they kind of slam the door shut real quick and lock it. I would have the same reaction. Like I would have said, what the fuck? But you know, that's just me. That would have freaked me out. That would have 100% freaked me out. Yeah, this is another one of those fantastic, really creepy scenes that are spread throughout the first part of the movie where the movie's not really scary, doing a lot of character building and setting up the story. But these couple scenes that they throw in there is uh, really creepy. Every creepy ass fucking thing that she does after 930 is scary. It is. Everything she does. If, if I was in their boat, I would be dreading. 9 30 all day yep. because it's like what creepy shit is gonna happen tonight yeah i wouldn't be good like th- this stuff wakes them up i wouldn't i wouldn't be going to sleep 
Because it seems no. like everything right, like right around 10, 15, between 10, 15 and 10, 45, everything always starts going down. The couple times they show the clock, there ain't no way in hell I'm falling asleep after a couple times of this happening. And I'll, I'll reference this later on, but the lady who plays Nana is the best person in this movie. She's the best actress in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah, she's great. She is fantastic. She does this part. Better than probably anybody else I could think of. Yeah, uh, M. Night Shyamalan actually, he, this was his favorite actress uh, in this whole, the favorite actor in in this movie. He said that when he seen her audition tape, because he set out to really only cast unknowns in this movie. And um, when he was looking for people and he said he had seen her tape, he watched it one time and then he knew like, you know, she was, she was the person and uh, he was the one that he gave. Uh, so he gave her the most credit. It's like she's an amazing, an amazing yeah. person. An yeah, amazing I, actor. I agree. She made this movie. Which was she known? Was she no. known? Bef- okay. No, and yeah. I'll, it's, I'll mention a little something about her later on. Yeah, but. she she's amazing. The, yep. the creepy parts are amazing. Even even in the parts where she has to get upset and and like pretend like somebody with mental illness is getting upset about i mean she's she's just i don't think anybody could have did this part better than she could have no the only the only um famous actor in this whole entire movie is the mom everyone else were uh, all unknown actors yeah so the uh the next morning we see that all four of them have decided to go on a walk on a trail in the woods and the grandparents, they get a little further ahead on the trail, and Tyler begins to mimic Nana's running with her arms behind her back from the night before while Becca films him. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, this is my favorite part of the movie. I rewound <laughs> this fucking part three times. I don't know why, but when he's running back and forth with his arms behind him and he and he the second time he comes back, he does like this stupid little jump. <laughs> it's fucking great and then like and then you see like he goes to do the third one i think it's the third one he and might see do, him and you see her back there watching him and he doesn't know it and he does like this stupid little move like his head like flails up like in the air or something <laughs> too and she's just watching him and the look on her face and i i was just I was just fucking dying. I just rewound it and I watched it again. And I watched it again. I loved it. Fucking love this part. Oh, man. But uh, he ends up getting caught by Nana, who doesn't seem too amused at all by this. From this scene, I take it she remembers the weird shit she does the night before. Yeah, that that was my question based off of you know, does she remember the stuff she's doing? And then when you see this scene, that's kind of hinting to, to the audience that she does know what's going on. Yeah. Other, otherwise, you know, why would she give a shit that he was doing? You know, she would just think he's just doing some weird, stupid kid shit. I feel like she's always like that. She just is able to let it out at night because they're in bed at night, but she's probably really weird all the time. And she has to try to hold it in because like the under the house scene where she starts acting really weird, like 
Yeah, that's I true. I feel like it's not just a nighttime thing. I feel like she just holds it in well, until she, night. She's definitely crazy because of what we find out where she comes from. We find yeah. out in the end. Like, it's not... If, if she was just, like, that situation at nighttime, like, she wouldn't have been where she was. I don't know. Night. Acting like that, probably. I, I, I don't would, know. I, like you would you, think... If, if at nighttime you turn absolutely batshit crazy every night yeah i mean yeah. but a lot of people with like dementia do stuff like that and their family like, they still live at home or something but i don't is- not like that <laughs> i mean maybe i don't i don't know it's just i from the way i take it is i think she's she's like this all the time and she is aware of what she's doing i think she's it's totally not just crazy like a, all the time it's not they, they like the pop pop tries to play it off as like a blackout uh, like she's similar to Alzheimer's or something. Like she really, say she's sleepwalking. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's doing, but, but I think she definitely knows what she's doing. Yeah, I think this scene is important and it's showing us that that's who she really is. She knows what's going on. Just for whatever Crazy reason, she's able to hold it in and until nighttime while the kids are there. And when the kids weren't there, she's probably like that. All the time. But yeah, so w- once they catch up to them, they see uh, Nana is kind of just staring into this well and Pop-Pop's kind of like pulling her away. And uh, it's just some kind of old broken down well in the middle of the woods. Um, next, we see like the two kids, they return to the well a little bit later on to kind of look and see kind of what was so interesting. And they, I guess they think that there's something in the well. And they end up kind of pulling it up and discovering that this is an old kind of uh, well that no one uses anymore. It's got a little bit of water in the bottom of it, but there's absolutely nothing special or interesting about this well. And this kind of confuses them uh, what, at, at what, what they're really staring at, what's going on with this well. But uh, Becca goes looking for Pop Pop in the barn, and that's when she finds him with a shotgun barrel in his mouth, and he is sitting in a chair. He's cleaning it, man. and He's yeah. cleaning the shotgun. Well, this startles him, and uh, he mimics wiping down the gun while declaring <laughs> he was only just cleaning it. And my question is, was Pop-Pop going to blow his brains out in the barn? Yeah, yeah. Is that's gonna what it looks himself? like. That's something that I thought about as I was watching it, knowing what the rest of the movie is now. Even him being crazy, is he having a hard time dealing with Nana? Because she's so fucking crazy. Or does he have guilt about something? Yeah, I'm not really or, sure why this scene's in, in this. But yeah, based off of the end, what their plan was this whole time, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, like, was he just having a, a breakdown? Um, but he makes it very, very clear over and over again. He was just cleaning that shotgun. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I mean, it doesn't really go with his character or it doesn't really go with the story. I guess... My thought is he does have uh, some mental things going on and maybe maybe this is just him having a mental situation. It's clearly got some type of schizophrenia based off of what we already know him him seeing like this white blob and, and, you know, talking to him. You you don't know. He's got something talking to him, telling him to, you know, shoot himself or something. Uh, but it's never really explained why this scene is in there. No, he, he, he repeats like three different times. Like he's just cleaning it though. 
Just cleaning it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Why you would do that outside, I don't know. It's because there's snow on the ground. It's cold as fuck out there. But uh, so later that evening, Becca hears Nana laughing hysterically in the living room. She sees that uh, Nana is sitting in the chair, staring at the wall like she's watching TV. And there's no TV. There's just a wall. It's really, really weird. Really creepy. Again, that is a reoccurring theme. Yep. It's like everything. This The lady who played her did so good. Every scene with her from, I don't know, a quarter of the movie on. It's, it's just creepy as fuck. Well, this uh, this scene, she says something that is uh, was really creepy. So she tries to smother herself with some kind of cloth. And Becca kind of stops her. And after this, she says, you have to laugh to keep the deep darkies in a cave. Yep. I, got, I quoted that on there, yeah. too. That that was a really good quote. Yeah. Uh, I actually, because the second time I, I, I think uh, some, maybe it was the first time I actually watched it with the captions on. That's it. And uh, yeah, I actually paused it and actually wrote it down because I was like, well, that sounded creepy. That's another thought that she's like that all the time. Like she's trying to hold that shit in yeah. during the day mm-hmm. until night where she can let it out. Yeah. So, uh, so then she tells Becca a story. Becca kind of, she sits, gets her to sit down for another interview. And then she tells Becca a story about how they are people in the water that were stolen by people from another planet. And that these people will later be collected and sent back to this other planet. But for now, they are at the bottom of the water, just kind of waiting. And uh, she tries to kind of talk to her a little more about what happened with uh, her mom 15 years ago. And she kind of freaks out and she kind of calms her down and she comes up with this roundabout way to get her grandmother to kind of apologize to her mother about what happened. And that's really the main reason that Becca wanted to come here. And she kind of looks at this situation like now I've got what I've needed to help my mom. I just want to show her this apology. Now we can get the fuck out of this place. I think she calls it what the elixir. I think I think this coming up is where the the I think that was my mistake. So mm-hmm. the scene earlier with the really paranormal activity vibes where they see her downstairs being yeah, really fucking weird. That's when they decide. Yeah, they decide that's, they yeah, need to leave. It's at that point in the movie where they they acknowledge like it's time to get the fuck out of here. Like they were like, "Mom's getting home from the cruise today. We're calling her. We're getting out of here." Yeah, so later they see Nana and Pop Pop arguing outside with Stacy. Stacy has come back. And Stacy is asking them uh, what they did and is asking them to get into her car. And uh, the camera kind of shuts off before we see the conclusion of this argument. The kids the kids do mention that they don't ever really see Stacy leave, but they don't pay a whole lot of attention to really what what's going on. So, you know, we don't get a ton of a conclusion with that but so uh becca and tyler this is where they decide to set up a camera in the living room that night and later on we actually see the the footage of that camera and it shows nana uh comes downstairs and she's kind of slamming doors and she's like walking around the living room at nighttime real creepy and then she kind of pulls like a jump scare on the camera so she instantly knows that the camera's there, which is really creepy that she knows there's a fucking camera there instantly. 
It's almost kind of paranormally. And uh, she picks the camera up and she carries it with her and she walks into the kitchen and she picks up this big ass fucking butcher knife. (laughs) And she carries this knife and she carries this camera upstairs and she sits the camera down where it is uh, shooting in the direction of the children's room, their door. And she goes up to the door and she starts trying to get in the door and banging on the the door. And uh, we we end up seeing that it kind of wakes the kids up and they're kind of freaked out. But the door is locked. And then we get a scene of the next morning the kids are watching this footage. And they believe that Nana was going to come in there and, and try to kill them that night. I think they are correct. They are definitely correct. That that scene is one of the creepier out of the creepier out of all the creepy scenes in the movie. Um, after that, like no doubt, I'm I'm getting the fuck yeah. out of there. So they decide to try to kind of avoid the grandparents for most of the day because their their mom's going to be coming back from their from her cruise that day, and uh, they're going to wait until a little later, and then they want to get in touch with her. And uh, this is where Nana asks Becca if she could help clean the oven, and she reluctantly agrees to do so. Because she doesn't really want to kind of kind of tip off the, the grandparents that they're trying. Like, they know what's up. Like, they don't want to set off any alarm bells. So she goes in there and agrees, and Nana convinces her to get in all the way. And then Nana slams the door shut. And Tyler kind of freaks out in protest. And Nana quickly lets uh, Becca out of the oven. Don't know exactly what that was all about, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's very just weird. Another weird. It's just another weird, creepy. She's got a weird thing that she does. Weird oven cleaning thing that goes on through this. It's just like she's got some fantasy of like cooking Becca in there alive. And you think that's going to happen. Like they set it up, especially after the previews and it's already happened once. I Um, got like a real loose theory that we'll talk about a little bit later on. It's about the only thing I got that goes with that though. But yeah, so the kids wait for Nana and pop pop to go outside for a bit. And then they, uh, once they do that, they Skype their mom, Loretta. Becca has managed to finally clean off the laptop camera and they can kind of see each other again. And Loretta kind of starts the conversation off by trying to tell them about about her vacation. But the kids stop her and tell her that they need her to immediately come and pick them up now. They tell her about Pop Pop and the gun in the barn and uh, Nana with the knife. Uh, Tyler holds up the laptop the laptop camera to the window for Loretta to see. And she has a very stunned reaction. She, so in this scene, she keeps saying, she's like, listen to me, kids, listen to me. Kid, look, li- listen. And no, no, the kids aren't saying anything. I'm like, just spit <laughs> it the fuck out. But, you know, I don't understand, you know, like they're literally glued to this lap. Like they're listening to her. As mm-hmm. soon as she says it the first time, they're listening. And I don't know if it's just her just being that stunned or her trying to figure out what's going on. But yeah, she like just kind of stumbles around of of really dropping this bomb that she's about to drop. You'd think she'd want to get that out as soon as possible. But she drops the bomb on on them 
that uh, those are not your grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, big, big, that's a big fucking bomb. It's a big ass bomb. And she's like, have you, you know, have you been staying with those people the whole entire time? And they're like, yes, these are the people that picked this up from the train. And uh, yeah, and she is freaking out. So she attempts to try to call the police department. It's a small town. There's only one cop and uh, she gets no answer. So she informs them, you guys need to get out of there right now. Run to a neighbor's house. She tells them, I'm going to hop in the car. I'm driving there right now. I will continue to call the police while I'm on the way there. But you guys need to get out of there immediately. So after that, the you know, the grandparents walk in and uh, pretty much decide that the everyone's going to play board game. It's going to be board game, family board game night. Be fucking Yahtzee night. Yahtzee night. And the kids try to leave out of the back door, but upon opening opening it, they see Stacy hanging from a tree out back. I love that little quick glimpse yeah. of her just out there hanging. They didn't even bother to cut her down and hide her. No. Actually, they, well, they knew the time they talk about in those interviews earlier on, like their last interviews they're doing after they call their mom, that the grandparents are like, they're upset because they're like, our time's coming to an end. Yeah. Um, so I think they know that it's the jigs up or or I don't know how many days left they were supposed to have. There, they, were, they, were, they were leaving the next day. Yeah. So so it was it was time. Yep. So the kids, they are uh, forced by the grandparents to play a game of Yahtzee where um, so the longer this game of Yahtzee goes on, the more bizarre the grandparents behavior becomes. It's kind of like the closer we get to 930, uh, the the more weird things become. And another weird thing is Yahtzee really gets Pop Pop going. Yeah, he, he's a fucking Yahtzee player. He sure. is very competitive, and it's kind of bringing out his uh, bad side, I guess. He does make that comment, too, that he was like the best in the cafeteria. And one mm-hmm. of them's like, what cafeteria? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of like Caught lets that. on. Yeah. yeah. So um, Becca kind of makes an excuse to uh, to sneak away, and she ends up sneaking down into the basement where she believes her real grandparents are being kept. And while she's down there looking around, she finds a dumpster. And down there inside the dumpster, she first comes across uh, some pictures and other belongings that belong to her real grandparents. She kind of sees what they actually look like. And she comes across a picture of her real grandparents and these these two people who have been pretending to be her grandparents. So obviously they they know each other. So she, you know, she finds a bloody hammer with some blood and uh, hair on it. And then she comes across a meadow shade mental hospital clothing. And then underneath that is some very um, decayed bodies of her real grandparents. Very gray. They, they would smell all she would smell them. That's they what would I would smell was them from in. They would smell them from upstairs. I think but. you would be to smell them from outside the house. Yeah, you would. I mean, it's been f- at least five days now, but uh, they, they must have thought it was mold in the basement. It was yeah, basement mold. That's Maybe why old people they, smell. 
they got curious about the shed it's and everything. Grandma else. shit diver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that smell. Sure that smelled awful too. Fucking old people and shit diapers. And I don't know. Mold, mold and shit diapers. Yeah. Stay out of the basement. I'm surprised they didn't like Skype their mom and be like, how, how did you live here? It smells like shit here all the time. <laughs> So, uh, old people shit too. That smells so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's terrible. It's just degraded insides. And, uh, you know, that's a real thing. The old people shit stinks worse. I'm pretty sure I seen an article. I think it was on I fucking love science <laughs> like two months ago. Why do old that, people that's shit smells worse than it, it middle aged people shit? Yeah. It's so, God, I can only imagine like a 300 pound stack of old people shit that's been sitting there you got imagine what the police went through they had old shitty diapers it's like a week old and then dead bodies that's a week or two old i mean yeah and apparently they only have one cop there because he can't answer the phone well i like, mean i don't know there's, more there's a bunch more yeah, there's one a bunch shows up yeah that's true but yeah that was a reference to her trying to call the police and that literally she can't get the police on the phone yeah like in this because it's such a small town, supposedly. He's on call right now. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Pop Pop, or who is known to be Pop Pop, he appears behind her, and he explains that uh, he and Nana were patients of Meadow Shade, and they knew her real grandparents as volunteers. And uh, they decided to kill the volunteers and take over their life when they heard that their ground sh- grandchildren we're going to be coming and visiting. They kind of thought that uh, it would be, what they say, it would be a fun thing to do to kind of be enjoy being grandparents for a week. And uh, this is where he says that Claire, a.k.a. Nana, her new real name's Claire, killed her children and put them into suitcases into a lake so that the people from the other planet, would take them. And this is the part of the movie that I completely forgot about. And so when you kind of look back on it, um, the little the story that the, that the lady Claire told Becca during the interview, uh, this is obviously what she really believes, and this is why she is actually in this place. She is fucking really crazy uh she's uh obviously murdered her children in the past and he he makes a statement i guess he i guess she has convinced this guy uh because they were in a mental institution together she has convinced him that this other planet thing is real too because remember he says like her children are already there but we are going to we are going to go all go there together as well. Like he tells her like, we're all going to die tonight. So I guess their plan is to, they were going to enjoy being grandparents for a week. And then they're going to kill the two kids and kill themselves at the well, because he says, you know, Claire says the only way to get to this other planet from, from here is that well. So they got this whole fucking murder plot involving Claire's, um, I don't know, like a, a 
crazy mental theory that she has, her mental condition, that everyone can die and then just use this well to go to this other planet where her murdered children already are. I didn't didn't catch the well part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah, so that's why... That makes That's sense. why they were staring at the well is I guess she told him like, this is, this is how we get to the other planet. Because remember, you know, she threw her kids down in the water and then she talks about how you have to, you have to put the bodies at the bottom of the water for the people from another planet to get them. And there's no other body of water on the property except mm-hmm. for that well. Yeah, so she I plans to do everyone to get to die that night and then everybody be in the well. Even though the well is definitely not big enough for all four of them, but and this story uh, was so so well written, like this part of it, like the ending. He had to wrote this movie around this ending that he came up with. I mean, it, it it's fantastic, and the it's one of those movies where you watch the second time, and when you know the story, like the stuff that you pick up on that you wouldn't have picked up on before, that should have been so obvious. Um, like the first guy, the first guy comes to the house and he's like, you know, he mentions that they volunteer and he's like, there's been some excited, exciting things, mm-hmm. uh, happened, which was obviously them escaping, uh, those two escaping. Then, uh, the, the second lady, uh, shows up. She um, kind of says the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But she mentions, mentions something at the end and it's it's really like you almost miss it she what what would she say like i heard about what happened at maple was it was it maple no it's like meadow shady meadow or something what is it called uh meadow Ma- shade. maple shade is it maple shade it i'm pretty shade. sure it's maple shade because i rewinded whatever whatever anyway so yeah um she she says that at the very end She's like, you know, I came in to check on her. Nana's been sick. And then what happened at Maple Shade? And you don't really catch that. Like, it's so subtle. And then whenever they're driving in the car on the way to the school and they're calling out places and they, Tyler calls out that place and, uh, and Pop he- Pop cuts him off and says, no, that's Maple Shade. That's where we volunteer. We'd have to take you. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have to find my badge and... I'll take you by there one day. Like those three things together, the every one of them so subtle. When you go back and, and rewatch it, you're like, wow, this seems really obvious. But the first time I watched this movie, I did not have any idea that that was going to be the ending. I thought these, I thought these grandparents just went fucking crazy, or had like this revenge thing against their daughter or something, and had, had went crazy and was gonna do something to her kids. Uh, I had no idea that it was going to end up being. And you could, you never imagine that could even happen. Like how could this lady send her kids off and her kids not know that these aren't their real grandparents? Well, there's another, like there's like, there's so many of these little things sprinkled throughout this movie. Like, like when Stacy shows up for the second time and she's having the argument, you realize why she is freaking out because she, recognizes them mm-hmm. as patients yep. from there. And that's why she's trying to get them to get in her car because she's trying to take them back to this mental institution. And then, you know, the thing with the well, you 
never really understand the well until no, that I, one sentence at the very end of the movie is like what she says we can only get to this other planet through the well no. and there's so much going on and there's so much shock happening at this one scene that it's so easy to just miss all this like detail that's being thrown at you at one time that's a huge part of the plot i don't even know if i remember all that stuff from the first time i watched it years ago yeah i don't I, remember I, any of this stuff uh, this this was the second or third time i've seen this movie and i i'd seen some of the other stuff but the the well part i, I still missed that like i said it's one of those movies you can go back and watch and, and pick up things and you know, now that you know what the story is, when you go back and watch it again, there's certain things that'll stick out to you. But I thought this ending was a uh, fantastic ending. This this ending, for me, is what really makes this movie. Yeah, so um, he ends up catching Becca, and he locks her into a room with, uh, with Nana, who at this point is sundowning, and she's going crazy. Pop Pop comes downstairs. Tyler is kind of frozen in fear in the kitchen. And uh, he tells him that he never liked him, which I totally understand. That was yeah. a fake fist bump in the beginning. Yeah, this was. Um, so this is after Nana goes crazy because she goes crazy and he has to like take her upstairs and lock her in the mm -hmm. room. And then Tyler's sister gets locked in the room up there, too, with her. And he's still standing there. And I thought that is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, I know you mentioned him him making fun of Nana. That scene right there where he leans down and whispers in his ear like, I never fucking liked you. Like, I thought that was fantastic. And they referenced Tyler to his, his germ. It's like germaphobe thing. Yeah. They actually referenced that in the beginning. So what ends up happening to him is just that much better. Well, this also like plays back to that um, that little scene where they're interviewing each other outside, and he tells that you know way too long story about the whole football and him freezing, and then you realize that's why Tyler hasn't just run away mm -hmm. yeah. because he has this uh, situation where he can't move, yeah. and and it's not just for like normal people will freeze for a couple seconds. That's normal. He freezes for an extended amount of time. And that's why it's like, why the hell didn't you just like, you know, you could have just left, but yeah. you can't. Well, that's can't. another one of the subtle things. And I, I didn't really catch that until I watched it this time, too, where I was like, well, why wouldn't he just run off? And then I remembered the, the football when he's talking about his dad, which kind of makes that scene make a little more sense of him telling that story. Yeah, so he tells him he doesn't like him, and uh, while he's kind of talking to him in the kitchen, he very slickly removes a shitty diaper. And <laughs> I he, thought he was going to rape him at I first. did, too. <laughs> and he I starts taking like, off his pants, and I'm like, he's like, I don't like you, and I'm going to rape you. Yeah, he gets, starts taking off his pants, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't remember this. And I was like, you know, <laughs> at this point, this doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, if he <laughs> raped him right now, I as crazy as these two old people are not really that surprised i you know and i was thinking i don't i don't remember this either yeah but you know i don't remember the whole alien crazy alien other planet plot either so i yeah so, you know, let's fucking run it i, you know? I, I remember <laughs> I the, 
I remembered the shit in the face. I did remember that. I, because, I did, did, did and not. I'll tell you why I remembered it. Because I fucking hate Tyler. Like <laughs> I hate his character. He earned every um, he fucking did. particle of that like that shit. I loved him whispering like I never liked you and then he's like gets this shit that which is horrible. I mean, it really is horrible. Mm. He gets this shit diaper in the face. But when he was taking his pants, I remembered the shit diaper. But I'm like, oh, oh no, is there? Is he about to rape him or something? <laughs> well, like I, I don't didn't. remember this. <laughs> I didn't, and I, I for, I had forgotten about the diapers. I was <laughs> in such shock of like he's getting raped. He's he's getting raped. You know they gotta smell that. Like they must be hanging out with Pop Pop and be like, oh. Pop, you know, you know, I'm. I have a baby. You're, you're around my kid. When these, sh- when they shit, you can smell it. So it's got to be awkward when they're hanging out with Pop Pop, and it's like Pop Pop just shit himself. Well, did Pop Pop <laughs> shit himself, or is there dead people in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. So he walks over to Tyler and mentions he uh, his his germophobia, and then he slams that shit diaper right in Tyler's face and then just rubs it. It rubs it into his face. Just, just glorious. Absolutely awful. And um, Tyler starts to cry, which I don't blame him. Yeah, I would have cried. Too, don't blame him at all. Yeah, I would cry, too. When I'm grown up. <laughs> <laughs> that old people's shit, <laughs> man. Oh Just God! Never, I would never get to an age where if somebody did that to me, I would. I would have PTSD cry. over that. Yeah, like I, I would literally think. I, I feel like I would think about that for the rest of my life. Not that this whole situation in general wouldn't give you PTSD. You know, your grandparents being murdered and <laughs> uh, two people who murdered them trying to now murder you. But yeah, that that part would stick out probably more than anything. But I thought it's great because I I hate Tyler T T Money whatever Tyler the Creator T Diamond Style T Diamond Stylist yeah so stupid. Upstairs, Becca is being chased around the room by a crazy ass Nana, and uh, they end up fighting on the bed where she's kind of attacking Becca, and Becca stabs Nana to death with a piece of broken glass. This is my, I think, the scariest part of the movie. I, I think this by is far, the scariest part of the movie. When, when she's in it, you're getting the found footage feel, and she's locked in that room with her, and she's, like, crawling under the bed and, like, throwing her arms over the bed. But then when she takes that sheet and puts it over her head and is, like, rising up. She's, like, super creepy. Yeah. She's up the creepy factor by, like, two notches. Like, sure. most of this movie is creepy. Like, you know, just a lot of creepy scenes. But this is actually, for me, this is when, by far, the, the scary kicks in for this movie. But she gets on top of her, and I'm like, is she going to, like, bite her face? Because, it's like, she, that's, it. you don't know what, she's doing because she is in her face she is on top of her like becca is trying everything to get her off it and then she's losing this battle against this super old ass lady and we did right before that too she like slams her because they my my one of my favorite shots of the movie is her looking in the mirror because you know they they talk about the fear of her looking at Mm -hmm. herself in the mirror and she has to look at herself and 
fucking crazy ass Nana has got the sheet over her making these like grunting sounds and she comes up over her shoulder and you could see the reflection and then she just starts slamming her head into the glass uh, mirror and then like you said she gets on top and you're like what is she what is she gonna do she like, looks like she's, she's so unpredictable like bite her fucking neck too and yeah. and then you that's when uh, that's when you kind of see Becca kind of stabs her with this glass. You don't see exactly where she stabs her. I don't know if it was the neck or what, but you just see this great scene of blood just start kind of pouring all over Becca's face. That's always good in a movie. Yeah, I love that shot. Never can go wrong with blood pouring into somebody's face. Yep, love that shot. And And they uh, did the audio too. The audio on it was great. Like how the, the stabs just had that good stab sound to them. Excellent job, Foley people. Excellent job. So she uh, she ends up killing Nana and she jumps up and she pretty much she escapes this locked room. She like breaks the doorknob off and she runs downstairs and she attacks Pop Pop from behind. And once uh, she kind of attacks him, it kind of snaps Tyler out of his uh, frozen state. Tyler kind of goes into this uh, rage mode and he like knocks him down, kind of like a football tackle kind of thing. And then he begins to slam his head into the refrigerator door repeatedly. I guess he killed him. Didn't hated really it. say. Hated it. When he I hated the, the football kill. stuff. The, yeah, the football stuff was cringy. Yeah. And the kill, the way he killed him was cringy. I, if, if they had to reshoot any part of this movie, I, I feel like that was it. Like they could have killed him in such a better way. I, know they I don't wa- even know if they killed him. I know they wanted to say. tie it in. With kind of the stuff with his that. dad and stuff, but yeah, you would it. It would be really hard to slam somebody's head in a refrigerator door enough times, and he hits him like I don't know, he slams it like five times maybe to actually kill somebody doing that. I, yeah, I assume it was a kill. Yeah, that, I don't know. That's a completely an assup- uh, assumption, but they don't give us any reason to think that. He didn't kill him. I just wrote a question mark. After I that just, sentence. I, I don't know. I absolutely hated that. Yeah, uh, that know. part. I feel like they could have come up with like such a cooler way to have Pop Pop killed. Uh, like Nana, she you know she gets stabbed to death. And there's should have cool, shotgun. There's this death. cool blood scene, and then with 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 Pop Pop, you don't even actually see him. Like you can't even see his head when he, the door is being slammed. You see like. The bottom part of his legs. Yeah. Not a no, great kill. Not not a fan. Don't even know if it's a kill. If I don't know if it's a kill in a horror movie, it's a fan. I don't know. Some of them can't sleep away, though. Sleepaway camp <laughs> has a great ending. <laughs> a man was killed by bees. <laughs> and we see the We see after. the body. We I'll give it. you that. We, we see the body. If we wouldn't have seen the body in the drowning... Someone's head was cut off. If we wouldn't have seen the body in the drowning scene, like, I was confused if that was a kill or not. Anyway, on to, on to the you movie. I thought Pop it was... Pop with bees. Yeah, honestly, I would have been, been happier. Been better than that. I, yeah, I would have been <laughs> happier with the bees. But if they could have found that that uh, you, pump, pump shotgun and cut old Pop Pop in half... You just picture that. Tyler, Pop Pop's head, decapitated head rolls off of Tyler's lap and Tyler stands up naked and does that animalistic hit. 
starts rapping. <laughs> he starts rapping. Um, Becca and Tyler then run out to the house where they're conveniently the fucking police and their mom are all pulling into the driveway at the same exact time. Um, the police rush into the house. The kids are put into the cop car with their mom. It's pretty much the end of that. Uh, then we get a fast forward to a few days or weeks later, I guess. Uh, I, got, I think it's weeks. And Loretta is doing another interview for the documentary. She is much more emotional this time. I'm kind of talking about her parents. And she starts telling the camera what actually happened 15 years ago that made her stop talking to her mom and dad. And during um, the argument that she previously talked about, she tried to leave uh, once things got real heated. And uh, her mom stepped in front of the door, tried to stop her from leaving. So she slapped her mother in the face. And uh, then her dad kind of reacted negative negatively and uh, slapped her in the face for slapping her mom. And uh, this kind of stunned everybody. And then she stormed off and left. They did reach out to a couple days later to try to mend the relationship. Uh, I believe they tried a few times after that, but she just pretty much ignored them. And they eventually just kind of left her alone. And the uh, the story ends with her kind of telling her children to never hold on to anger that it's not really worth it. You find out Loretta kind of sucks. She yeah. literally hits her mom and then doesn't talk to them. Like they reach out to her. I think it was like multiple times over the years they tried to contact her and she didn't, she wouldn't get back with them. Like that's kind of, that's just kind of crazy. That is to, I don't know, to, to give up your parents, which seems like she had a really good relationship before this, but to have nothing to do with your parents your whole entire adult life because of an argument that occurred when you were a teenager it's that's just crazy to me agreed you know you know you got that time to mend that relationship but that's not true you don't you're not guaranteed that tomorrow so i guess that's you know really the what they're trying to tell that's what they're trying to point out and that's true yeah, you know, she learned it the hard way, but she's a fictional character, and fuck her. That's yeah. all I gotta say about that. There's a deleted scene where I think they should actually use the deleted scene. I thought it was oh, better. You're talking about the alternative ending? Or, yeah, 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 not deleted scene. Yeah, there's a different ending that's a little more, I'm gonna say it's a lot more of a uh, kind of an emotional thing where she actually reads a letter that her parents wrote her that I guess it sounded like they were planning to send this letter back with her kids when they when they went back home and it was kind of telling her like you know no matter what happened we still loved you and it's you know you you ended up having these great kids so you know in the end we we ended up being wrong anyway i think they should have went with that ending because it was much more heartfelt she fucking sucks <laughs> the, the alternate the alternate ending was much better I thought, yeah, uh, I think they wanted to end it maybe more on a happy note, like the the one they ended up using, not as not as emotional, but I thought the alternative ending was much better. It was very very emotional, very like sad, but I thought it was thought it was much better. 
Yeah, and then the actual ending of this movie is stupid as fuck. It is T Diamond Styles rapping about the whole situation that happened with getting the poop rubbed in his face and all that stuff. Um I, I actually paused this. So You did. Don't yeah, don't don't stop yourself if you're watching this for the first time. Just pause it. Don't, don't even don't even sit through it. It's not worth it. Just Pretend that Tyler got a really bad infection and died after after the events of getting shit rubbed in his face. So we never had to hear this this terrible rap. I, I completely cut this out. I wouldn't have he, caught it. He lets you know that shit don't taste like chicken. Shania Twain. That's so fucking bad. That's stupid. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Yeah, you know, it just uh, they should have cut that out of the movie. That's in the movie. That's the end of this plot. That is. Yep. That is so we'll go end. into a little bit that I learned about the movie. So the main reason that he funded this movie himself was not because of he was a you know had had some failures beforehand. It was because he wanted to regain artistic control over his movies. His previous two movies. He was denied the final cut of the movies and he was removed from having any say so during post production of the previous two movies. Yeah, that would be tough. I could see where. Yeah, pretty being much. In his situation, your name's on something and yeah. you pretty much don't even get his name. Say so. His name was getting trashed with these movies that weren't doing well and he wasn't even having the say so or being able to say what was in or wasn't wasn't in the movie and that is why he did this movie himself that's why he funded it himself it's just like if i'm gonna put my name on this next one i'm gonna have all the control over it and i think that was a great decision yeah i agree with him 100 percent. there yeah. i could see where uh i don't know which two movies the the two before that it was that after failed. earth and uh oh, something else yeah i i could see where taking all this negative uh airbend the last airbender yeah and some after will smith after they were they were, they bombed yeah never seen it me neither um, never seen either one of them yeah yeah i could see after getting all these critics blowing you up after two movies in a row where you didn't get the control but your name's on it uh i, I think you made a good decision there uh this is the first M. Night Shyamalan movie to not have the customary cameo that all his movies had before this. Hmm. Yep. I didn't Norm- notice that. Normally he's in them. Yeah. He ain't in this one. He's switching it up, man. It's completely different. Completely different style. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan claims to have watched thousands of audition tapes for the roles of this movie, especially the kids. I don't think he watched thousands, but... Yeah, okay. That, that's kind of... Sur- yeah, there's... I don't think that's There's true. only like... He may what, probably could have watched like, hundreds. There's only four, five main characters of the movie. Yeah, I don't think he watched thousands. But he wanted to cast mostly unknown actors for this as he wanted it to be more of a low-budget, smaller movie feel. Uh, like I was saying, uh, there's only one person in this movie who is a very famous um, actor. The, the two kids, they're actually both from uh, Australia. 
the same the same city in Australia. Did you not know each other? But that was a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, I knew that the the Giddy Blade Tyler was from Australia because I looked it up to make sure he never got a fucking job again after this. Did he? Uh, he did. Yeah, oh, he ended up being on sucks. some I think sitcom in Australia. Oh something. well, they can this keep is the, this the biggest movie he ever did. Uh, at least in the states. Well, he sucks. Yeah, he does suck. I was really hoping that I was going to read that just his career just absolutely bombed and he can't even go into a restaurant without getting made fun of. But hey, you know, some people bounce back. Good, nah, I good, mean, he can get him. better. Not saying he can't eventually be a good actor, but wasn't a fan of him here. No, but he is no, a kid. I so I mean, he, he acts like a really cringy kid. Very well. He did that really well. You know, we all have, we all have moments that we think back on when we're around that age where yep. we're like, man, how fucking cringy was that? But I don't think any of it gets as bad as that. Like yeah. that's some, some, some really, really cringy. He sucked. I'm just, I'll leave it at that. I'll quit talking <laughs> about how I know I've mentioned it a thousand times. And I told you I would. Yeah. That's my final words on him. If he ever hears Fuck this, Tyler. somebody's going to catch him in the barn just cleaning the gun. <laughs> this was the whole cast their very first horror film that's surprising for the for for the uh person who played nana yeah she, she should be in more horror films she should be in every horror film she's that good rob zombie needs to quit casting his wife and get her, a hold of her cast her <laughs> in every movie <laughs> yeah he uh he's not gonna do that though. <laughs> no, he'll be in the doghouse if he does that. Oh man, yeah. So uh, M Night Shyamalan made three cuts of this film. The first accidentally turned out to be a comedy. There is a version of this film out there that obviously hardly nobody has seen that is a comedy. Well, I could not see horror it because just funny. Because the would uh, love to see that version. The first half of it really is just uh, kind of just a, a lot of comedic input on this movie. So that's actually the first version he shopped around, and no one wanted it. And they were like, "What is is this? Like, did you make a comedy that's supposed to be kind of a th- like a thriller, but it's funny?" And that's why they didn't he, get him final say so over the and, other two movies. And he was like, "Well." He was in, you know, this happened and he was like, well, I'm going to lose this $5 million that I have on my house. So he goes back and he makes another cut and it ends up being just a straight horror film. And, uh, you know, he he's like, well, you know, I don't want it to just be a straight up horror movie. Uh, we did film some humor in it. Like we wanted there to be some funny stuff. So the third cut was kind of right in the middle, and that is the version that we see. That is this version. Yeah, I would like to see the the pure horror version. Oh yeah, of it. just a straight um, scary version. I think that it would. Or, I think it would be rated uh, quite a few points higher in my book, at least, if you took some of the the comedy, because a lot of the comedy is with Tyler, and I'm just not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not funny. <laughs> So that's all I got. Uh, you want to jump into the ratings? Uh, well, we don't skip out on best kill. There, I, there, I didn't even <laughs> do that because there's like no fucking kill. 
Yeah, I just put for best kill. Uh, just one kill. Be- Becca kill and Nana with the glass. Oh, yeah, okay. that's all I had to choose from. So I figured we'd be on the same page there. We are. Best kill. That's a given, yeah. That was yeah. my favorite kill. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we jump in ratings. I love how T-Diamond Styles killed rap. This killed it for me. Like, I can't listen to rap anymore. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Nah. Uh, yeah, I didn't do, I didn't do, a, I didn't do a kill. I didn't do rate a killer because, I mean, I don't know. There is none of that stuff in this movie. This is just really a, it's just a creepy movie. Uh, it's a found footage kind of creepy movie. It's not even paranormal. It has a lot of the stuff that we would normally rate is not in this movie. It's not really rateable in this movie. So I didn't fill out all that stuff. Um, unless, I don't know, unless you want to, unless you got something you want to rate. No, I'll go into the, the final rating of the right. movie. Um, so I gave it a 3.6 Whoa. out of 5. Whoa. And I added a good, I, I added a good whole point for the ending. Oh, yeah. Easy. Man, now I'm going to say a point and a half, because honestly, the rest of the movie is kind of, well, no, I'd, I'd give it a point. I would, I would give it a 2.6 without the amazing ending just because of the creepy scenes. The lady who played Nana alone or not. But yeah, overall, it's, uh, you know, it's a fun, it's fun found footage movie. It has a lot of really creepy scenes. The acting was good from both the people who played the grandparents and Becca. I thought the all three of them did really well. The f- The first half of the movie is just kind of comedic with some really creepy parts added in. But I would say once you get the reveal of that ending from that point forward, it actually is a scary movie. I uh, wish that the whole movie was like that, but unfortunately it's not. Um, I do love this how this movie adds the subtle things throughout that kind of hint towards the end, but it still ends up the first time watching it, it still ends up being a big surprise on the ending. And they're able to it's one of those movies you can go back and watch a second time and start putting pieces together and then everything start kind of falling in place and making a lot more sense. Yeah, overall I you know, I'd say it's it's a it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't dislike it. I just no. dislike Tyler. Without that, I think it'd be a much better cut. But yeah, three point six. Okay, that's not that's not super far off from from me. I rated this movie at a three point one. I don't really like the kids. I don't really like either one of them. Uh, so you know. We don't really need to talk about T Diamond anymore. We we have already covered why he sucks. He no longer exists. Um, my issue with Becca is she, and I don't know. This is probably how actual fifteen year old girls are, but she does that whole like, especially because she's doing this documentary. She does that like, oh well, that's not how that documentaries do this, and um, you know movies do that and i'm trying to i'm trying to make this movie do this and i hate movies that make me feel like emotional like she's just trying way too hard to be this uh person that even as an adult i can't stand like the movie snob 
is what she is acting like, in my opinion. And, you know, there are times where, you know, I think I like her version of her when she's more vulnerable or when she's scared, when she's actually just a normal person than most of her in this movie. Like, I just don't, I don't really care for her. It's interesting. That didn't really stick out to me. Yeah, I just, man, every time she's, uh, like when, you know, when Tyler originally brings up the idea of putting the camera in the living room and she's like, oh, well, that's not ethical. And uh, she literally brings up like the standards of cinematography. And it's like, you just need to see what the fuck is going on at nighttime to make sure that this person's not trying to kill you. Like who gives a fuck about what you're talking like, You know, she takes everything to this way stupid serious place that it doesn't need to be at and i don't really like her character i don't really care for her they could have she could have been a way cooler could be a way cooler uh character in my opinion yeah i i I think that there probably is some i don't know is she 15 something like that 16 year old girls that would act like that yeah i don't think they were far off of where they wrote the character how did you feel about the actress who played the character? Though I thought she did good with the character. Uh, I mean, she did good. Uh, I mean, she wasn't like super great. I wouldn't say she stood out like, you know, like the the Nana stood yeah, out. She, like, that, she really stood out. Yeah. And, you know, the girl who played Becca, she she wasn't bad. I wouldn't say she's terrible, but, I, you know, she didn't have a lot that really stood out to me either. She's. You know, if I was going to rate her on her acting, you know, one out of 10, 10 being great, I'd give her like a six and a half, a seven. You know, she was good. She yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah, I could see a seven. Uh, uh, I don't think, uh, I think the grandparents definitely stood out. Oh, um, yeah. I think Pop Pop did a great job, too. I just think he's he gets overshined by the amazing job that the lady who plays Nana did. Yeah, I just don't really care for the the characters of the kids. I don't really like either one of them. If you, you know, you watch a lot of these movies, like when you watch a movie like um, the newest It or you watch something like The Stranger Thing, you get these kid characters where there are some really good, really well-written kid characters. And then you get something like this that I just don't like the kid characters and I don't really like either one of them. But that's fine. That's not a big deal. It's it's it is what it is. You can't really like every character of every movie. I didn't really care much for them, but the grandparents are phenomenal. They're great. They really make the movie. Yeah, with without them, like I said, this movie wouldn't have, wouldn't have came anywhere close to the threes. But the acting on them, if this movie was like a um, like a supernatural movie. If you took the grandparents out of the movie and it was still a found footage movie, but it was supernatural with the two kids, this movie would get a fucking one maybe for me. I w- yeah, I wouldn't even watch it at that. Yeah, point. I probably wouldn't watch if, it. But if, if I had kid's to watch still it, still fucking rapping. I'm not watching. If I had to watch it, you know, and and the supernatural stuff was good, I'd give it a one. But without the grandparents, no, like no, the yeah. the the kid characters aren't good enough but if you took that same premise and it was the older people 
with the found footage and maybe somehow wrapped Supernatural and been, didn't have the kids in it, I I think that would be a better movie because those are better just get characters. Some better kids. Yeah, and what I'm trying to say though is the older couple are better characters and better actors than the younger two. And you could, if you had to separate them, you know, one movie would be way better than the other movie. If they were two separate movies with the characters, but what gives this movie the, you know, even in the threes for me is the little sprinkles of stuff sprinkled throughout it. And then you get this whole little, story of this lady killing her kids and they've got this whole plan wrapped up in the end and um this shit that i totally forgot that was happening because the thing that i always remembered is and i think this is probably true for a lot of people is they always remember that twist that that's not their real grandparents but does everybody remember this whole entire backstory or whatever that comes with that twist you know, and I, that's, that's, if that whole story of her killing her kids and putting people into the water and the, uh, like the whole schizophrenia story wasn't with this, I'd probably would have gave this movie like a 2.6, but I really like that other stuff. I really like the other stuff. Yeah. That's, 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 that, that's right where I said with the ending, giving it a whole, whole extra point, uh, Two, about a 2.6 I would love to be able to go in and see if there was a way to edit this movie to cut the other kid out <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no just hear me out all of Tyler's scenes except for where he discovers the shit hear, barn hear me out yeah cut you gotta all have of the that shit and have it have it just just cut it somehow where it's just in the movie but he doesn't discover like she just I don't know just if there was a way, I don't even know if there would be, but if there was a way to cut it where he's not in the movie and it's just the sister going there to make this documentary on her grandparents, I would, I, I would, I would be willing to bet it'd be a shorter movie, but I'd be willing to bet that it would be at least point three higher for me. <laughs> at least <laughs> just just not having to deal with that kid i'd be fine if you just took out all the scenes where he's like the main focal point like there's the scenes where they're um they're scared you know they hear the shit out in the hallway and they're like talking amongst each other i don't really care about him that much there like he's fine but it's the scene where he kind of takes the star role in the scene that i'm like shut the fuck up you know what i told brooke i'm like i'm like this this kid has to be like a producer's like nephew or something like how in the fuck did he get this fucking how did he get this role like this had to be somebody he fucking wrapped his way in i i I guess so skills it's bad yeah but without that like the 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 reason I gave it the rating I did the the grandparents performance and the story it was written really good with, with like you were saying uh, like we kind of both said with this subtle stuff the stuff they have sprinkled in that really ties the story together once you find out what's going on I am I am going to say though is I I do hope that he in real life didn't get like picked on or bullied a ton 
for the wrapping because I have a feeling that when he went back home to be like a regular person, uh, everyone at school fucked with him so hard on this because that is exactly what would happen at, at, at school. Like everyone would be making fun of how terrible his rapping persona in this movie was like, I wonder who wrote the raps. I don't know. This, I mean, you remember I what mean, the maybe, kid from Star maybe Wars he wants, went through. Maybe he wants to be a rapper. The kid from Star Wars, like, quit acting. Like, he was like, I'm trying wanted to kill himself or something at one point because he was in one Star Wars movie. And yeah, that, that was crazy to me, though, because I, th- I thought he did fine. I yeah, he was totally fine. But I don't kid, see you know, Kids problem. suck. Yeah. <laughs> kids are yeah. assholes. It's not surprising. Yeah, well, he didn't. Um, Imagine if he well, had rapped in Star Wars. <laughs> it would have been. I can't say he didn't, but he was able to go on and uh, have a successful career on like a sitcom. So, but yeah, that's uh, I don't know. That's all I really got about the visit. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Not, it's not profound. It has a ton of stuff to say about it, but you know, it's good. I would, I you know, I probably won't watch it again for another. I don't know three, four years kind of hope that I forget a lot of stuff about this movie. So I can kind of do what I just did now and watch it again and kind of be surprised by some of it. Yeah. If you want to see a a fun found footage movie movie. with a really, really good creepy scenes, like there's a lot of really good, like that's, that's really what makes this movie memorable four years down the road is you might forget some stuff, but you remember that ending and you remember that there was some creepy ass scenes. And actually I watched it and there was more creepy scenes than I remember. Oh, it's like double. It's double the amount. Yeah. And it's all with the, uh, the lady who plays Nana. She just absolutely kills it. Like, uh, I bow down to her. She did a great job without her. This movie wouldn't, we wouldn't be probably doing the podcast on this without her. Nope. So. Well, we wouldn't have covered it. it. You know, probably would have been a forgotten about found footage movie, but he would have lost his $5 million. That's, that's what he would have lost happened. his home. He'd be, yeah. poor. <laughs> he would be poor. Shame along. But yeah, um, I guess that's it for the visit. Uh, next is what I say we we're going to do next. I already picked it. I already picked it. Um, Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. O- okay. OG Pet Cemetery, though. We're not going to do the remake. We're doing the old one, the original Pet Cemetery. Very much looking forward to doing Pet Cemetery. That'll be coming That'll be coming next week. I'm looking forward to that. I am, too. Especially because I originally wasn't going to do it because I thought I had to rent it. But it turns out it's here on yeah, DVD. I own it. Look at that. I own we it. got all the Pet Cemeteries, too. Yeah, but yeah, we'll do Pet Cemetery next. Keep an eye out for that. But uh, other than that, you got anything? No, well, that just uh, try not to get uh, old people shit diapers splattered in your face at work this week. Yeah, Shania Twain, bitches. <laughs>